Hello, this is Daryl here, sending love as always. Thank you for tuning in. I just want to say, if you like this interview, you can check our website for companion workbooks, action guides, tools, checklists, templates, and show notes with links for everything mentioned on the call. Just visit bestbusinesscoach.ca. That's best, B-E-S-T, businesscoach.ca. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Daryl Urbanski, and welcome to the Best Business Podcast. My mission is to help create 200 new multimillionaire business owners. How? You'll do better when you know better. In my interviews, you'll hear from self-made millionaires, seven-figure business owners, authors, and world-class experts sharing how they did it so you can too without experiencing the same obstacles they did. Now, if you like this interview, please share it with a friend you think will benefit. They'll appreciate it, and I will as well. You can also connect with me on social media. Look for Daryl Urbanski, D-A-R-Y-L, Urban Ski, U-R-B-A-N-S-K-I, and add me so we can be friends. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy what I've prepared for you right here, right now. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Daryl Urbanski, your host as always, and today we are joined by a very special guest, Ronnie Nishme. And Ronnie has mentored and coached literally tens of thousands of coaches, speakers, and entrepreneurs. He is the content marketing expert people go to when they're looking to make more while working less using ready-made, brandable content and automation tools. We all know how much I love automation, and Ronnie gave me limited access to some of his tools, and I must admit, they're awesome. Things like automating your blog post for a year and much, much more. He's also appeared on international TV, radio, print, and is an Amazon number one best-selling author. I've asked him to join us here today so we can all understand how the content marketing game works a little better, as well as maybe get some inside access to his some of his elite tools. So, Ronnie, thank you for joining us. It's always an honor and a pleasure when we talk. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. I'm pumped to be here. This is going to be fun. It is going to be fun. It's a beautiful day in Canada. Ronnie and I are both in Canada. The sun is shining. The weather is sweet. So this is about as good as Canadian life gets, you know, for us. <laughs> it, it's true. I mean, we don't we don't have like, I don't know, sweltering 100 degree weather all year round, but we've got the seasons and that's a good thing. I like yeah. that. I really like the seasons. To be honest, I feel like it's almost like a reminder phases like winter. I'm like, where do I want to be when spring hits? It's a good time to like plan for the winter because you're going to put your head down and come up and then summertime, you know, I don't know. You think about what's exciting and what you want to get done. And so you get out more, you relax. Yeah. It's been, it's, it's a good thing. It's to, to enjoy all aspects of life, you know, like the, the, the changes are, are nice and the, the different colors and fall and so on. It's always fun. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing I'm actually curious to ask you, because I know myself, I grew up in, in Kingston, and that's a very, it's a government town, so there's prisons, there's a lot of government offices, there's two universities and a college and a bunch of high schools, so it's a very, like, institutional town, everyone works like a nine-to-five, very employee mindset, and a Canadian, just in general, we kind of walk the middle path, we're not fully capitalist, we're not fully socialist, we don't believe either in their extremes is the way to go, but for me, I felt like it was a bit of a struggle becoming an entrepreneur. So I want to know about your journey. Like, how did you even get started in entrepreneurship? Like, did you come from an entrepreneurial background? Were you in an entrepreneurial neighborhood? Like, what were your influences and inspiration when you were young? Yeah, I mean, that, that's a, it's interesting you say that. Uh, it definitely was in, from an immigrant family. You know, my dad was a teacher, kind of worked the ranks, got to become a vice principal. But my dad was always entrepreneurial, but never took the risk. He would always have night jobs and worked as a salesman selling appliances and all these different things while still being a teacher, taking courses to become a principal. 
but he just never took that risk. And that was sort of always ingrained in us. You know, you go to school, you go to university, you get a good job and you know, that's your life. And I never liked that. Um, I mean, I gave it a shot. I went to university, university of Toronto, you know, one of the top or if not the top universities in Canada, got a business degree, worked at a big bank for a few months and it was horrible. I mean, it was just <laughs> devastating for me because here I am. I was literally the meeting lackey. I was going to every single meeting, taking notes, and it got so boring that I always had to take a grapefruit juice with me because that tartness would keep me awake <laughs> during these, these meetings. Right. And I, I remember vividly asking one weekend, I said to my boss, like, is there anything else I could do other than just taking notes at meetings? And he said flat out no. Wow. And I'm, I just, I'm like, all right, fine. And so that's when I really got headfirst and, and working even, even on the, on the clock on my own business. And I was building out my own self-help and coaching blog and writing articles. And people always told me, you know, Ronnie, I, I love coming to you for advice. You know, you should do this. You should do this full time. And I thought, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just kind of do, do, dove in, created a little blog, kind of aimless, pointless. So if you're, if you're at that you know, stage of your business. You're not really sure where you're at, what you're doing. I've been there. It's not a great place to be, but at least you're doing something. And that's, that's at least good. Mm-hmm. But I built it up to over 25,000 unique visitors a month, all completely free traffic. This was well before the days of Facebook. I ended up writing a few books on stress management. I became a stress management coach, went on international television, went to the downtown Toronto studios of CBC, the, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, went up these private elevators to go in, into the green room and, and spoke on live television. And it was a, it was a blast. It was great. And I, and I always joke about this. Talking about stress all the time was stressful. Yeah. <laughs> it was just not my kind of thing. And as I was talking to more of my fellow coaches, they, I realized they were struggling to just get noticed. I was getting on TV. I was getting tons of traffic for free and they were struggling. And so they always were asking me for help. And I realized that my strength was in helping people who help people. My strength was in helping coaches grow using the basic content marketing principles that I had created for myself in my own coaching practice. So that kind of is why I started the business that I, that I've been doing now for several years. Back in 2008, I started PLR.me and that's the, the done for you licensed content and the coaching resources and tools that we create for health and wellness businesses. Which is awesome. That's really awesome. And so if anyone's ever heard that before, PLR, this could be a life and a game changer for you. And I'm not even just saying that. That's not hype at all. It really can be. And actually, you know, I've got my questions I usually take people through, but I do have some specific questions on the topic of PLR because I know things have changed through the Internet and duplicate content and being slapped and all that sort of stuff. But for people that are listening, if they've never heard the word PLR, can you explain what PLR is for us? Sure. Yeah. So PLR stands for private label rights. Another way that that I like to explain it is done for you content or ready-made brandable content. And if you think about the usual stores you go to, you go, you walk into a Walmart or a Costco or wherever, they have their own brands, right? Walmart might have Equate toothpaste and Costco has Kirkland brand. Now, I mean, we know that Costco doesn't have a factory that's making this stuff. I mean, we should know, right? There's no way Costco is a retail store and a manufacturer. What they're doing is they're going to the source manufacturer and saying, hey, 
if we buy a million rolls of toilet paper, will you give us a deal? And they'll go and they'll add their branding on someone else's product and they're paying a license fee for that. Right. That's what licensing is all about. And it's the same idea for content. If we look at the major news, it's all created by a small number of bureaus, right? There's AP, there's Reuters. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that because I had a buddy that was basically a news outlet in Ottawa and they were paying five grand a month to be part of some elite exclusive news feed, which is all it was. It was just, it was like an RSS feed. It was like, hey, these are the news stories for today. And it was licensing, though. They got the license to be able to republish it. You might create your own little introduction for your news broadcast or, you know, all your, you, you add in your own facts or whatever you, to make it your own before you publish it. But that's what licensing is all about. You know, why can't we do that as business owners? Well, we can, right? That's what done for you brandable content is all about. And the the key is how to use it. And we want to use it the right way. We want to use content to grow our business. We also want to use content and resources to maybe take us to an area that we haven't been before. So if you don't have a coaching program, use brandable content to create a coaching program or create a second or third or fourth product that you can sell or create a webinar or create people. Some of our clients are doing, they're creating live events. They have physical in-person live events and they're using our resources as part of their presentations. They're creating uh, coffee table books. You know, you can do something completely different using content that you didn't have to write from scratch. Yeah, you can brand it, you can tweak it, you can add your own personal stories and your logo and, and all that stuff, but you don't have to write from scratch. And that's the huge time saver. Yeah. And there's something I think that's really important to this that I want to kind of highlight for a minute because some people, they're product people. Like, so in the sense that like they're really married to what they like to their product and what they do. And I just, for some people that are listening to this, I think there's a lot of value in like what you just said. Like if you don't have a coaching program, you can literally get a coaching program up overnight using PLR content. All you're really doing is licensing or buying into the ability to use someone else's stuff. If I said, Hey, I've got Tony Robbins, like inside business coaching curriculum, like A to Z and it's all brandable. You can slap your logos on it and all that stuff. And it's all legal. It's all legit. You have rights from the company, everything like that. How many people, would want to do that. A lot of people want to do that because they'd want to emulate and copy world-class products and services. And PL, PLR content, depending, you know, there's various sources, but if you get it from someone good like Ronnie, and I'm not just shame, I'm shamelessly plugging you, but I mean, partially because you're here to help us out, you know, some of them, you can trust that it'll be good quality. There's a lot of stuff that you can get, but it's not complete. Like it's nowhere, it's nowhere yeah. near complete. I've seen it. I've seen horror stories, but I, I think there's just something here for people because they're like, well, how do I post on my blog every day? Or how do I come up with newsletter? content every week and I don't have time to write and that's this is one of the ways that you can leverage yourself if you have a small team you don't have to create everything I one of the things I want to emphasize for people is the value is in getting people to do the work here's an example I had a martial arts school. A lot of my listeners know I had a martial arts school for a number of years. And the reality is, if you go back in history enough, there's only so many ways to twist up a humanoid bipedal organism, right? There's only so many ways to bend a humanoid form. But there's all these different martial arts. And that's because everyone's got the basic core. Like, if you went down to a lot of the sources of these, they all have the same fundamental principles and movements. Not all of them, but a lot of them do. And it's like, but everyone's got their own flavor on them and their own thing. And it doesn't matter what matters is that you're getting the training and that you're learning them or you know you know like if that's what your goal is it doesn't matter if you're getting it from the person who created it overseas in the little cave you know 8000 years ago cuz you're learning the same stuff and so i just 
wanted to say that because a lot of what I say, like we're all just copies of people who taught us. None of us invented riding the bicycle. We just learned from someone else. So there's a lot of ways you can leapfrog and shortcut your progress by using good quality PLR content. So, sorry, I just wanted to put that in there because I've had, I've been on debates, heated debates about this stuff, and I'm a fan of PLR content. I don't use a ton of it. I should probably use a ton more. But I think especially if anyone's getting up and going, or like you said, they don't have enough pro, they've got a huge audience and they've sold one product to this audience, they got nothing else. You're missing, you're missing the boat on so much money you could be making, on so many people you could be helping because they're looking to you for advice. And that's the real thing is people are trusting you to help. You know what I mean? Like, hey, what do I need? And that's where like you can be, you don't have to, we have this weird thing in our heads. Sorry, I know I'm on like an eight minute tangent, but we have this weird thing in our heads where we feel like if we don't bleed and sweat and cry and like creating something, like it doesn't feel meaningful. But like I said, like a lot of it, like a lot of teachers in school, they're teaching curriculum that they don't even know. You'll have an English teacher doing phys ed and all sorts of other stuff. What really matters is getting the people to go through the content who need it, who are the implementers, who are where the rubber meets the road. So, all right, I'm done. I'm off my soapbox. But and, no, but you're, you're, but you're bang on. I love that. I love your passion with that because there's a couple points I want to make. First of all, guess what tests and books that they're using in schools? The teacher didn't write it. They're right. licensing it, right? right. So that's a, so. This is like yep. this is bit like foundational. We are licensing stuff all the time. If you're running a computer right now, you're pay. You, when you bought that computer, you're licensing the operating system. You don't own it. You're licensing it. Everything we touch nowadays is licensed. So that's the first thing I want to make clear. And second of all, not all content is made equal. Okay, you're you're absolutely bang on with that because there are some people that um, maybe they're not in North America. I'll just put. I'll leave that leave that to, to your own imagination. Who are selling content at ridiculous, you know, penny prices? Now we all need a fair wage, right? If I'm going to go to a writer and say, write me a hundred articles and I'm going to pay you a dollar, they're going to laugh at your face. That's not, that's not possible. So, you know, don't, don't think, oh, I'm just going to pay a dollar for a million articles and I'm going to you know, create the best course in the world. No, you know, you can't expect that. So if you've ever used done for you content before and you've ever been burned by someone, you know, something was garbage quality, ask yourself this question have you does that mean that if one piece of content was bad all everything is bad it's it's kind of like saying i hired an assistant and that assistant stole me blind so therefore i'm never going to hire assistant again you can't blame the position and confuse that with the person right so i just want to make that clear what we do at plr.me is we create content in-house with our in-house team of north american experts we're not outsourcing it or, or buying it from somewhere else. We make it in-house, and it goes through a really strict editing and design procedure. Now, I can't say that about my competitors. I know other people don't do that, and it's about speed and you know lowest price, and we don't compete on price. What we want to do is we want to give you resources like graphics and affirmations and books that you'll actually use and that your clients will actually use. So, yeah, so I just want to make that clear, you know, yeah, there are, there's definitely a bunch of sort of scummy people out there. And that's why we entered this business back in 2008 is that no one was actually doing a really good job. Yeah. And we came in to, to kind of set the record straight. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I'm, and again, obviously you're here and we're going to plug your stuff, but I think the concept itself is really powerful for a lot of people, just in what we said, you know, the speed of getting things up and running, how it's not necessarily you, it's not about you at all. I used to, that used to be in my head a lot of the time. And in fact, I actually even mentioned this either this morning, yesterday to my girlfriend, but I was talking about how, you know, when I'm, I think it was last night, but how when I had my martial arts school, how I would often be thinking about what am I going to teach tonight? What am I going to teach tonight? What am I going to teach tonight? Like, this is when I first got it up and running, before I had a curriculum and all that other stuff. You know, and then I realized that it wasn't really about what I was going to teach. It was what my students were going to learn. And so I think more about who's going to be in the class, what are the issues that they're having, and what do they need help with? And there were sometimes there was a couple of people that would have issues with something that I wasn't an expert in, and I would have to become an expert really fast. And I even remember a couple of classes where I was like, guys, you know, we're going to watch this video and we're going to go through the exercises because this isn't my field of expertise, you know, but is that make it any less valuable for the end user? Not at all. So anyways, just want to beat that drum and emphasize it because yeah, like you awesome. said, I think it's the whole case of a couple of bad apples, you know, kind of thing can ruin it. And sometimes people just, they have this addiction to having to be the one to like the genius that, you know, I'm, I'm the chosen one with the golden knowledge and that. And I think that in some ways you can be really hurting yourself and your clients. You could be making a lot more, you could be helping a lot more people if you'd be willing to open up to getting help from others and admitting that you're not the expert in everything, but also promising yourself that you're going to deliver expert and world-class products and services no matter what. So, Exactly. And, and one point about that is done is better than perfect. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes. You know, like really think about if you've ever, if you have 10 projects on the go right now, you know, you have a few products, you have a few coaching programs, you have a few webinars, you've got all these things and emails and a membership site all on the go, but nothing's released. Hey, you're not making any money and you're not helping anyone. So if you want to help people, you've got to pull that trigger and get things done. And, you know, for, for our clients, what we do is, I mean, we make their lives easier because they're not starting from scratch and they also don't have to babysit freelancers to hope and pray that things get done. Yeah. Cause that can be a nightmare. That can be such a nightmare. So, um, now let me ask you this, like, I'm going to ask this question twice, but we're going to start with you. For you, what was what were some of your greatest challenges in getting established and building this company? And then, you know, obviously you've been here for so long, you're not going anywhere anytime soon. But what were some of the big challenges for you? Do you feel like you had to, like, overcome certain milestones as you grew in your business and became more comfortable yeah, with what you're doing? Or? Definitely. I mean, when I started out, I was the definition of solopreneur. <laughs> like, I was doing everything <laughs> myself. Yep. And if I didn't know how to do something, I learned. And that's honestly a blessing now because I'm at where I'm at. But it meant that I was doing literally everything, the writing, the editing, the design, the, you know, for, for my coach and my own coaching business, I was a customer service person. I was printing my product on an in-house printer. Why? I have no idea. Because there are printing houses that do that professionally, but for whatever reason, I decided to buy a fancy color laser printer and print it all myself. I wanted to control everything, and that, that actually caused me to make a lot of really poor decisions. I mean, I didn't have anyone to bounce ideas off of, and I didn't have professionals to trust. So I ended up spending $11,000 to make one website and $7,000 to make another website. And they were hot messes. It took months and months to complete. And when they were done, they were using antiquated, crappy systems. You know, I spent $6,000 on a failed postcard campaign. 
And all of these things would have been avoidable. Yeah, major burns. And I, I say these and I tell you the numbers because A, I'm embarrassed by them. But B, if you're in that position, you can overcome this stuff by allowing others to help you. You know, get involved in the mastermind if you're not in the mastermind. Use and leverage other tools and done for you products and services out there. I mean, that's why stuff like WordPress exists now. When I was starting out, WordPress was just a blog platform. No one really used it the way they use it now. It was not a real solid business tool. And it's free. But look at it now. If you're just starting out now, I mean, they're, they're, it's so incredible, the tools that are out there. So so that, that's my main struggle. And I realized, though, that all of this solopreneur business was burning me out. I mean, I was really burning out. And a lot of days I thought it was working, but I was just spinning my wheels, researching, learning, and I wasn't getting anything done. And so the only way out, the way I overcame that was that I actually just realized I, I can't do this alone anymore. I have to start taking a risk and I have to outsource. And so I go of that perfection. I let go of my in, insane desire to control. And I just slowly went from a handful of sort of temporary freelancers to now five full-time staff and I think something like seven plus, you know, freelancers, you know, part-time staff that Which work. In awesome. the business. It's such an honor to be able to do this. I mean, I, I, ta- I take this with great respect and honor because I'm able to help a team of people feed their families. And so you need to be taking that with great respect. And this is a business, right? We're not trying to create some sort of, you know, fly by night, a hit and run launch. We're trying to build something sustainable. And the way you do that is by building a team, by taking care of that team. And that team is then going to be someone and, and a group of people that you can trust. And, and so that's what, that's a real game changer for me is I, I let go and I let other people take things on. Um, best thing that I've ever done. Absolutely. Yes. And honestly, I can attest the same. Again, anyone that's a fan and a regular listener of the show knows we beat the drum of the importance of building a good team behind you. It's just like getting a good assistant. You just can't replace a really like the value of a really good assistant and how that will leverage you as an entrepreneur and allow you to focus on your genius, your gifts, your talents. And like you said, you know, the team, I had a mentor, one of the first millionaire mentors I ever had. He said, Daryl, you know, you just have to accept the fact that everyone's going to be a beta version of you. But even these betas, some of them will do a way better job than you would, you know? And so you have to prepare as if everyone was going to be a beta, which means having proper systems and training and, you know, taking the time to pick right and, you know, and coach people. But on the flip side of that, you're going to find that as you let things go, that you will become better because you'll, you'll have superstars on your team and they'll just get so many reps and so much practice doing what they're doing that they'll, they'll outgrow you and, you know, one day because you won't be doing it. So it's just you can't get rich on your own. Business is a team sport. And that's a huge, huge, huge thing. So those are two great, great tips. Any other ones that you – so one was trying to control everything and it, how it made you make a lot of poor decisions and then building your team, how that was a huge aha moment. Did you have any other big breakthroughs? Um, the other thing was really to get specific on who I was serving. And until I did that, and I I can see that with all of my clients, whenever we get on a a coaching call or a mastermind call, I see the same things happening. People are not really sure who they're serving. They don't know why they're serving them. They don't know what they're serving them. And it's a real aimless, confused mess. It's kind of like, let's go into a restaurant 
but I don't know what restaurant I'm going to go to. I don't know what I feel like. And you know what? I'm not sure why I'm going like uh, what? Like, it's just, it doesn't even make sense. And you don't end up going anywhere and you don't kind of, you don't make a decision, right? I mean, if you've ever, and this is, I don't know if this has ever happened to you. Sometimes my wife and I are like, oh, you know, we need to eat something. Oh, what are we, what are we going to eat? I don't know. What do you feel like? I don't, I don't, and you just kind of go through this like aimless, confused. And then somehow we make it to the car and we still don't know where we're going. And, you know, like it's, that's not helpful, right? You need to have a mission. You need to know who you're serving, why you're serving them, what you're really, what you're offering them, what your core offer is. I've been there where I was aimless. I just, you know, let me just create a blog. I'm kind of bored at the bank. So let me, let me go create something. And slowly over time that was refined and I really honed in on my focus. But, you know, I don't want you to spend months or years not knowing who you're serving and then going completely aimless and then wondering why you're not making any money because you're not making money because you're not focused, right? You cannot serve everyone. You serve everyone, you serve no one. That's what I've realized in, in my experience. You really do need to get specific on the who, the, the why, and the what. That is so powerful, and I think that really does speak to a lot of people. And there's probably people listening to this call that they may be doing a million dollars a year or more with their business. They're like, I got that figured out. But I guarantee, I haven't had him on the show as a guest yet, but a friend of mine, Richard Tripp, was chief product officer at Infusionsoft. And Infusionsoft was already doing millions a year. But just by going and diving deep, he calls it the POV method, which is point of view, essentially. But just by diving deep and by taking their customer base and looking at what's our 80-20 at Infusionsoft and what's, you know, and focusing on the 80% or the 20% generating 80% of the revenue and building everything around their tool for those people, their growth just turned into a hockey stick and they got 50 million, like in two years, they got 50 million investment capital from Goldman Sachs, which was the path that they wanted to go. But it all came from about, you know, they're getting by and they're doing well. But by really focusing on that, really focusing on that and not giving up on focusing on it, not being like, oh, we've been there, done that. They had huge, huge growth. I mean, again, Goldman Sachs is no slouch. Yeah. I mean, I remember Infusion before they were Infusion. They're, they were like mortgage CRM and then they were Infusion <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> CRM. They went through probably 10 iterations while I was a customer. And every time you'd log in, it would be a completely different change. And so but that's, that's the fundamental problem when you don't know who you're serving and why you're serving them. That's important. The why is important. The reason why. And then what you're giving them, what you're serving them. You need to know that. You need to really refine that. Very, very good tips. So we got stop controlling everything. Let go and let others do the work or work for you or with you. And then get specific about who you're serving, why you're serving, and then what you're serving to them. I love that. So now I want to flip this because I think that for the most part, for a lot of people listening to this call, that's just a great place to start. Like, honestly, if you guys just hung up and left and put your head down and spent a couple of weeks just on what we discussed here, even if you think you're already up and going, building a better team, getting more focused on who, why, and what, I think right there, you know, and looking for more areas that you can delegate and hire out, I think there's huge potential there for anyone listening to this call. But I want to bring it back to talking about PLR content because I really do think, being it that you're the content marketing expert, that that for some people, not everyone, but for some people on this call, that could just it could just be like a couple of jetpacks, you know, that would just help them take off. And I want to talk about what are some of the biggest challenges or mistakes people make when they go to use PLR content. The the biggest mistake is inaction. They do nothing, and you know, there's a term they, they you know people like to call it 
their their content collects digital dust on their computers, <laughs> you know. And it's sad and it's frustrating. And it's honestly no different than any anything you buy. I mean, if you've ever bought an info product, a course, and you've never done it, that's the biggest fail. And that's fundamentally what we at PLR.me have been trying to avoid. We we have been trying to get people to use the content because I know when people are using their resources and their clients get a hold of it, they're ha- the clients are happy, the coach is happy, and then we're happy. So that's the first fundamental mistake is they just don't use it. The second big mistake is that they're lazy and they only use it in one way. And that way is typically I'm going to copy and paste it and put it on my blog. The reality is that's probably not going to do much for you. You're, you're looking at you know, on the, the scale, the grand scheme of things, you're probably leveraging the content at about 1% when you could be getting 100%. You know, copying, pasting it, put it, putting it on your blog is, you know, it's, it's first of all, it's not going to really help you from a search engine perspective. And second of all, I mean, you're not, not likely to get banned or anything like that because the, just the nature of content nowadays is shared. And if you look at, AP and Reuters and all these news sources, they publish a story and it gets published on Yahoo and it gets published on your local news affiliates and, you know, all across the globe, that same news story. But those sites aren't banned. So don't worry about being banned. That doesn't really happen in that way. But you're just not going to appear. You're just not going to be relevant, right? You need to make it. So those are the two really big mistakes. And that probably accounts for about 95% of the mistakes that people make when using content. They're just not doing anything with it. And the second thing is they're just not doing enough with it. And, you know, posting it on your blog is definitely not enough. Yes. Now, I want to ask a question, though. I know this was an issue once upon a time, and you kind of mentioned it, and you might have said something just now, but I really, I just want to make sure I ask about this, the duplicate content part. I mean, I know that news stories, and that was a big issue for a while, and I don't really know what the answer was, but I do know the the arguments at the time. So, for those of us who haven't been in, on the, in the online world for a long time, Google's done a ton of slaps, which they were called, which were updates to their search engine algorithm, which basically would try to eliminate garbage and produce more stuff of what people want, we're looking for, get more relevant, right? Get more specific answers for people. And there was a big thing for a while about duplicate content and that Google hated duplicate content. They wanted original content. But like you said, most news outlets are just disseminating the information. And so I wanted to ask like, what's kind of happened with that? Because I know there was a lot of back and forth and people were like, it's dupe content's not a dangerous thing or... What happens is, is the con- content gets filtered, right? So Google will see if... Every- Everyone has been publishing the latest story about the president and, you know, copying and pasting the, the news story across multiple websites. They don't want to show the exact same story for all top 10 results because obviously that's stupid, right? You're, you know, you want to learn more about the same story. So what they do is they, they filter out the results based on, you know, the most relevant, right? So if you posted that story first and you have a high authority domain, you're the New York Times and other people are copying and pasting the New York Times story. Well, New York Times is not going to get banned. They're the originators. They're, 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 of course, their content is going to show. The others would just be filtered out. The page just won't show in the search engine. It doesn't mean the whole website is banned. That's, that's completely ridiculous because think of it this way. What's stopping anyone from copying and pasting the entire New York Times directory of articles, putting it on their site, and, oh, 
is the New York Times going to be banned? Well, they didn't do anything wrong. Someone else was copying their content, right? So, so there's definitely no issue in terms of being banned, but in terms of filters, yeah, I mean, that, that post, that specific article may not show up in the top 10 if everyone else is writing about the same thing. However, make it your own. Turn it into something else. Turn that article, turn that blog post into a video. And guess what? Google loves video. If you can rank for the video, your video will actually appear above articles because videos get a whole lot more love than text articles in Google, right? There's like that, that precedence there. So, so, you know, that's one thing that we always advocate our clients, change up the format, turn it into something else, create a slide deck and upload it to SlideShare. And you'll get a whole bunch of LinkedIn views from that. And also just natural, like you get a lot of natural search traffic from that Google Again, they, they have this sort of preferential treatment to certain formats. And slide decks on SlideShare get a lot higher results because SlideShare is a popular domain, hundreds of millions of visitors every month. You get a lot more traffic to SlideShare posts versus putting it up on your own site. So get the stuff up on SlideShare. Get your stuff up on YouTube. Get your stuff on, on Facebook and on Twitter turn the format entirely on its head and turn it into a webinar or turn it into a podcast. We have clients because some of our content are affirmations or written in first person or sort of reflection based read. Some of our clients, she, you know, I can think of one particular, she's a psychiatrist. She has a podcast at the end of her podcast. She reads aloud the affirmation. She has some relaxation music synchronized sort of in the background and she didn't have to write that. She spoke it aloud. And now that's a completely unique way of using the done for you content. I love how you said that. And I love that you mentioned using it in other places. I'm going to do something for the listeners here. There's a product I had a while back, a long time ago. One of the first ones I made, I think I only ever sold like 50 of them. Uh, it was called worldwide keyword domination. And essentially the model was exactly what you said you would make a video from the video. You could pull the audio. Now you have a video, you have an audio, you can take a screenshot from your video. You now have images. Then you take your audio and you get it transcribed. You get the transcription worked into a blog article and a press release and social media snippets. And now you've got a blog article, a press release, and all these social media snippets to promote your stuff. And you can put these on your site, on all these other sites. So you put it on Vimeo and Dailymotion and YouTube, right? You put your video every week and you syndicate all this content. You bookmark all your links, you know, and you ideally want to embed it all on your blog together. So if you have a video, the video's on your blog with, you know, you can have an audio player if you want, but you have all the things that you can, you know, take screenshots, maybe three or four, step one, step two, step three, step four, whatever, but you consolidate on your blog and you try to make your blog like the home of it, but then you spread it and send it out into the world. And a couple of the things that you do, some of the sweet sauce in this was you would use like Alexa.com. Alexa.com is one of the sites, what they do is they rank all the world's web websites based on traffic and you can drill down now when you go they want you to sign up and buy but if you scroll a bit there'll still be a bar to like search for a website and you put anything in there you put google if you want but once that loads you'll see on the left that there's like you know worldwide uh, by category whatever you can drill down to your specific category and then one of the things that you can do is in your category you can take a look at the top most trafficked websites and you can use your articles like ronnie was just saying you can take a video content or webinar content you can make that video, you can transcribe it into an article, you can do whatever you want, repurpose it, and then you can have it hosted on all these other sites because one of the things, the reason why it was worldwide 
keyword domination is, like you said, you know, if you search, and I'm just going to use an example, like martial arts, LA, whatever, right? A single website can only really take one spot on the ranking page, right? On that first list of responses you get. But if your content is on 50 different websites and they're all high authority websites that are trusted and reputable, you know, and they have a ton of traffic, you can own almost every single spot on the front page of Google. And that's how you do that by syndicating content. I mean, that's the way to do it. You have to out produce, you have to be a marketing and content fire hydrant. And that's a great way to do that. So if you, and again, this is a great way to use PLR content, especially if you're going to put your own flair into it and your own personal touch, you know, is just get the content, start with a video if you can, and then work your way down. And even like even then, you can take the transcriptions, have it made into a workbook or a checklist or a cheat sheet or whatever you want, and just give, just push it out into the world as far as you can. And like like almost like breadcrumbs, you leave links in your stuff back to your site, and that will give you the juice, the link juice, and the traffic juice that you want. And that's just again, that's just where we're coming from. Like there's so much you can do with content that if producing enough content is your problem, PLR really is something you can't go without. So didn't mean to do that plug there, but I think for the listeners, I think that's really valuable. Alexa, there's also, if you have a brick and mortar business, you have to go to ubl.org. Stands for Universal Business Listings. This site, they have all these packages are like 300 and 600 and 800. If you look, there's like fine print for $47 a year. You can just get in the directory and that will get you on satellite. That'll get you in all the main directories. So like, I don't even know how to describe it other than that's how I got my martial arts school to show up on satellite when people and GPS systems, when people would be driving by my town, that's how I would get the little dot. And that was the one site you could do it. And you could pay the 305, whatever packages you want, or you could just pay for the cheapest one. doesn't really matter. The bonus packages are good. But again, by going to ubl.org and alexa.com and just going through all the most traffic sites and making sure you've got great content on all those top sites, plus your own blog, like Ronnie was mentioning, just posting on your blog is not enough. If you have a party of one, doesn't matter how good the music is, you got a party of one. You need, you need to go outside and meet some people and invite them back to your party. And that's what content marketing, I think, can do in a nutshell. Oh, I love that. That's, that's awesome. Party so, of one. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, that's it. You got a party one. You got the business graveyard is littered, littered with world class products and services that nobody knew about. Mm-hmm. So, again, that comes back to it's not, anyways, going back to just leveraging as much as you can. And it's about helping people. So, Ronnie, I'm sorry. I know I keep stealing the mic and I apologize. This is great, that. though. Oh, that's awesome. But, Thank you. Well, I think I'm, you can tell I'm trying to be really sincere and passionate. And yes, we're plugging your site and all that. But I think there's real value to this to people. And we haven't had anyone come on to talk about. PLR content before and it's always been in some circles I feel like like a dirty little secret you know I mean because I know people that that's what they do they'll pick a niche and then they'll find and get a bunch of PLR content on that topic and they'll set up I mean this was a thing once upon a time was having a membership site and putting it like the best and just all the energy and focus was in the sales page for it and driving traffic and getting it to convert and the site was all PLR content on the inside this was back when dupe content was a big concern they're like fine if duplicate content's a concern for search engine rankings I going to put on a site that I don't care about if it ranks or not. I'm just going to make sure that the content is really good and put it all behind a paywall. And then really my focus is on finding people who need this information and getting them to sign up for it. And there's just 101 ways you could literally just fabricate a business overnight using PLR content. I mean, absolutely. You're bang on. Yeah. So that was great. Now, do you feel that 
So we talked, we got the content part taken care of. People listen to this, they're like, all right, I'm going to get hooked up with Ronnie. I'm going to go and get the content I need for my type of, my niche of business. And now I'm going to have, I don't even know what I'm going to have. I'm going to have a bunch of workbooks. I'm going to have a bunch of blog posts and articles and like my own magazine, newsletter, all that stuff, webinar, scripts, all that stuff. It's all just going to be there. I get to sort through it and pick what I want to use and go. Now that they've got that taken care of, do you feel that there's any habits that you feel have helped you on your path to success and habits you see your most successful customers like following just in general? Yeah, to be oh, for sure. Content, but- our best customers, it's kind of funny because we hear about this every, every month. So our content always goes live on the first of the month just after midnight eastern time and so you know between our, our private facebook group or we get emails people are excitedly waiting right at the stroke of midnight for the latest content because they want to go and act on it right away they want to you know mm. okay let's go do something let's take action right away an action mindset is definitely the best habit that you can do something that you can do on a routine basis a day-to-day basis you know every day i'm going to do x i'm going to send out an email i'm going to record a video once a week i'm going to you know publish something on my site and on facebook and on twitter once a day or whatever you know some habit that they've built that's structured even if it's something that's so simple and it's just one small thing a day but it's a habit That's the best thing ever. I know that's the best thing for me. I mean, the healthiest I've ever been was when I made a habit of going to the gym with a personal trainer Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, four days a week. Best habit ever because I knew I was going there, right? So so definitely make a habit of action. That's what I've seen for my clients and what I see for myself. The other thing is that we have tools that we've built to help that habit become easy and something that you can do right away. So one thing we found out from our members was that they were taking our content. So we designed beautiful PDFs and and it looks great as a PDF. But what they want to do is they want to add their own branding and their website or logo on the PDF. And the only way that we had a solution for was for them to buy Adobe Acrobat Professional, which was at the time, I don't know, 400 bucks or something. And then they would have to finick and haggle with Adobe one by one each PDF. And we realized that was not an optimal solution. So we created an automated tool called the PDF that's for our map. And it, you can upload a batch of PDFs, so you can upload 50 PDFs, and, the, and you put the text that you want, the call to action or your URL or your logo exactly where you want it, the bottom, the top, you want it on every page, you want it on alternate pages, whatever, you can choose all the settings. And you just upload those PDFs and in about, you know, 10 seconds, however fast your your internet connection is, you can then download 50 branded PDFs with your content, your, your call to action with your logo on. And with an active hyperlink. And so what greater habit than, you know, okay, if you're going to do this, let's speed it up. Uh, my, my personal motto is systemize, automate, and outsource in that order. I need to systemize things first. Let's create a system, some kind of standard operating procedure. And then it's either going to be automated or outsourced. And if it's automated, that's the ideal because you don't have to worry about whether someone is sick. You don't have to worry about whether someone decides to show up or decides to be hung over from the night before. You don't have to worry about that stuff. So that's why we, we've built tools like the PDF Render. We have another one called the Image Render. does the same thing. 
We great we create inspirational graphics for you know you could share on social media. You can create print coffee table books. You can do whatever you'd like with them, but people want to brand them. So how do you brand an image? Well, either you open up Photoshop or Canva or some tool one by one branding it, or you upload fifty of them at a time. You upload your logo. You hit go and you download 50 branded images with your logo or with your, your website or call to action on it. So the best kind of habit is to leverage automation and systems that make things a lot easier for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What were your three though? You said systemize, automate, was it just then automate outsource. or outsource? Then oh, outsource. then outsource. Got yep. it. Okay. In that and order. Or outsource. Yep. Because, you know, Got in it. some cases, automation can't happen. I mean, you know, no matter what, a computer can't write an article like a human can. You know, it can get maybe to 50%, 80% if you're kind of squinting and not worrying about grammar. But a human is going to be best. So certain things, human is best for. You're not going to have a computer do your webinar, right? You're going to show no, up no. and you're going to sell you on your webinar. So and maybe at some point you hire a salesperson to do calls. But, you know, a computer's not going to be able to do that, right? So, but always outsource in my opinion, is the last step. We have to figure out what the order of the system is, what is the standard operating procedure that we need to do, and then we say, all right, we're going to automate that or we're going to outsource it. Got it. So let's go over the habits. Big one was action taking. Well done is better than well said, Benjamin Franklin said. And so I believe we just we said that done is, was it done is better than, Perfect. we said something earlier. Perfect. Yep. That was it. Yes. Yep. So action taking is a big one. Mindset, because a lot of people don't even understand how they have limiting beliefs and things people tell them that they just accept because it's their parent or because it's a good friend and they're, oh, that never works. They just accept it and they go on other people's opinions. So mindset's really important. Knowing you're confident, knowing you're capable, knowing that you're only achieving right now like a fraction of a fraction of your full potential. And I like that you talked about routine and schedule and habits and how that makes decisions making and really makes success kind of autopilot. There's something that I don't know if a lot of the listeners know, but there's been a lot of research on willpower lately that's been coming out. And I've been very fascinated by it just because obviously I'm very goal oriented. One of the things they discovered about willpower is that you actually only have so much, like let's say you got 10 willpower points each day. When you wake up, you get 10 willpower points. And if in the morning you're trying to decide whether to wear the red shirt or the blue or the green, that's going to take a point or half a point. And as the day goes on, you run out of points till at the end of the day, you just don't have any willpower anymore. And it's a true thing. Like, yes, you can strengthen it as a muscle, but generally speaking, regardless of age or sex or race, they've done these tests where they'll have someone make a decision first and then have to do a test after that requires them to make decisions and someone just go and take the test. And the people who had the lowest number of decisions to make did better. They made better decisions. So by having a habit and a routine, like you said, with your clients where they're there at the first month and they have a habit routine every day, I'm doing this every day, I'm doing that. And of course it's painful to get into, but if you can get that set up, it eliminates the decision-making process. And so now there's no willpower involved. All you need to do is 21 days. I mean, if you can make it seven days, you're good. If you can make it 21 days, it's now a habit. And that's where the real effort needs to be. And that's where things like a lot of coaching or being a part of a group can really help encourage you to take on and adopt these new habits. Because that that just takes the willpower out of it. I never go to bed until I do blank. Okay. 
That's now a habit. There's no decision. There's no willpower involved. It's just a decision that you've already made and now you just need to make a habit. So that's some really powerful stuff you gave us here. I mean, even just with the the last part we talked about, systemize, automate, and or outsource. I think that's really important because one of the mistakes that I see a lot of people making is they will try to automate garbage from the outset. You know, they don't even have a system down. They don't have anything that's proven. They just want to avoid the work. And so they're just automating. And I think I've been guilty of this too. I'm saying this like other people, like I'm all my, but I've made this mistake a ton of times where I'm just being lazy and I want to automate it because I know I can, but then it's not working. And I go back and go, oh, right. It's because I didn't validate it first. I just went and automated it. And that's why it's not whatever, generating leads or producing sales or whatever that is. So that's just a really good, really, really good tip for everyone. I don't know. I think people might want to come back and listen to this call a couple of times because there's some really good nuggets in here. Just get a good system going first. Even there's a lot of manual processes, do it that way to make sure it works. Then automate it. And if you can't automate it, automate what you can and then outsource, you know, all of it or some of it. And I just think that that's a really good, just basic thing, common sense thing that may not be so common for some people listening to this that could save some people a lot of heartache, time and money. So... Yes, we talked about your tools too. You've got some great tools. You've got, what do you have? The PDF brander, the image brander. I'm a big fan of the auto slide deck tool, which is really cool. You just upload all your text and then click a button and it gives you all your webinar slides with really nice images behind them and you can tweak them and edit them. And then you also have that for the video sales letter generator, which is really cool because that's that's just a painful process to have. <laughs> if anyone's ever had to do a video sales letter before, you're like, it's like, 70 to like 300 slides depending on this video sales letter and you're just putting in like a sentence at a time and a slide and it's just like it's just painful it is and that's the beauty of automation right if we can if we can save you an hour or five hours or 10 hours every month that's huge like what would you do with that time you could either spend that time doing something you love in your business or spend that time doing something you love in your life you know go play tennis go hang out with your kids go relax on the beach do whatever you want, but let's use computers for our benefit, not so that, you know, we just get sucked in and do more and more work, right? Like let's save time so we can go and spend it wisely. Yep. So well said. And again, like I said before, the business graveyard is littered with great quality products and services that nobody ever heard about. And so for a lot of businesses, the differentiator is going to be either having a more powerful who, why, what, Elon Musk has said that he's never spent a dollar in advertising in all of his businesses. And that's true, but it's also because he's solving really, really specific who, why, what's, you know, like I'm going to take banking online. I'm going to bring solar, like electricity to the car. Like I'm going to, you know, like just he's changing the game. You don't necessarily, it's so buzzworthy, but that's because he's got such a powerful who I'm going to help why am I going to help them? And what am I going to do to help these people? So if it's if your who, what, why either needs to be more powerful or you need to work on your marketing skills, you know, because not all of us are going to be changing the world in that way. Some of us are making smaller splashes. And that's where you need to keep new people coming through the front door and keep your existing customers happy. And if you look up entrepreneur in the, diction- in the dictionary – I do this a few times because ever since it was done for me, I was like, I just loved it. But uh, the definition of entrepreneur is a person who organizes and operates a business or businesses. It is not the person who answers the phone, mops the floor, you know, does the bookkeeping, takes the phone calls. Like, that's not it. And so if anything you can do to leverage your team and get more done, um, do it. Like, get out there and help more people. 
help more people. Are you not on more blogs uh, as a guest author because you just don't have the time to write those articles? Get that out of your head that you have to be the one that does it all. Whether you do it or someone else does it, that thing can't not get done. I know I'm not supposed to do double negatives, but whatever. Okay. Anyways, I just think I just think this is a great call. I think that, like I said, just from the obstacles you had to overcome and the habits and even just the undertone of just license the best stuff you can if you're not creating it and just get up and running and go help some people. Like, that's just, anyway, sorry. I'm just no, but you're, you're bang on though, right? I mean, it, that's our mission. Our mission is not to be the the best designer, bookkeeper, webmaster, writer, all in one. Our mission is if you're a coach, if if you're a service provider, if you sell something, help more people, reach more people. You know, do what you're meant to do, not what you think you should be doing or what you want to do or you need to do, but you don't want to because you're trying to save money or because, you know, you don't trust anybody. Well, hey, you gotta take risks to grow. There's no way that any major company, look at any company, Tesla or Apple or whatever, they never could have become the massive businesses that they are if they were still solopreneurs. Impossible. Yeah. You've yeah. got to take action. No, wouldn't, to it, wouldn't have happened. No. Nope. Got to take action. Yep. And well done is better than well said. So now I got a couple other questions for you. I know we're getting cl- close to the end of the call, but one thing I want to ask is what do you see as the future trend of your industry? Like, where do you see this kind of stuff going? Um, well, we're seeing more and more automation fundamental. Mm. We're, what we're doing is we're seeing content that's tailored to the audience. So that means that based on your habits, based on your interests, you're going to see things and interact with brands and people based on your, what you like and what you, and, mm-hmm. and you're not going to see the stuff that you don't like as much. Right. So right. We're, we're seeing a lot more automation. And so in terms of, in terms of our industry, we need to keep up with that sort of automation. We need to be able to have more content about really specific topics, but also give the topic in different formats because, you know, we, we, we're getting busy. We're already busy. We're on so many different social networks where content is getting filtered out on Facebook. If you were to go there, you're not seeing like 99% of the content that's published because it would be too overwhelming. It's being filtered out based on your interests and that's, that's that automation at play. So that means that you need to be, on the different social media outlets on your site and, you know, publishing content in unique and different ways and speak to one person, speak to that specific person. And then you create another webinar or article or whatever about a different problem. And maybe it's the same person, but a different problem, or maybe it's a different person, but the same problem, but you speak to them differently. You put that spin on it. That's related and relevant to that specific audience, right? Everybody's so different now. You know, there's, there are products for women there are products for men and there are products for you know men of a certain age group in a certain you know geographical area and we can go so targeted nowadays that we get hyper hyper specific you know you can buy pillowcases with your favorite sports team on it you know like there's just crazy stuff that a hundred years ago they would have thought you know first of all why would i need this and second of all what's wrong with my existing pillowcase but it doesn't the businesses from from growing right so anyhow, you know, it, there is that, that hyper, hyper customization that's happening in automation. So that means that your content does need to speak to a specific person and you might need to tweak and tailor that message for different people. 
That's what my friend Ryan Levesque does with the whole survey funnel formula. The way he does his ask method, you have to tailor the message based on what people need. And not, not just what they think they need, but what they actually say. And, and that's where you, know, you develop that content for that purpose. Yeah, that's, that's one of the key things. And I think the other is, you know, there's this tendency to think that free is always the best way to go. You know, free traffic and, you know, free, I don't know, email service providers or, you know, cheap. Everything's cheap, cheap, cheap. And what's happening as we mature in this industry online, we're realizing that free isn't really the best way anymore. You know, if you think about free traffic, it's getting harder and harder to, to crack Google for free traffic, especially in really competitive markets. Your best option is to, hey, create a funnel, create a product that you can actually drive traffic to and test it with a little bit of Facebook advertising. Does it convert? Okay, good. Get it to convert better. If it's not converting, figure, figure out what's wrong and get it to convert and then get it to convert better and get it to convert better and then just pay for advertising because you know, we're getting clicks for 10, 15, 20 cents, depending on all, depending on your market, depending on how you go, go about things. I mean, you know, if you can get clicks for 15 or 20 cents and you could reliably pay for that and you're reliably making money on that, then why not pay for it? So, you know, we have to realize that some things are worth paying for and we have to be willing to pay for it for sure. I know that it's a hard pill to swallow when you're not making any money yet, you're just starting out, or maybe you're just, you've, you've never got your feet wet with advertising and, you know, you, you're doing well without it. Well, diversify and give it a shot. You have to try different ways of, of getting new clients, talking to those clients and getting those clients to, to work with you and, and convert, really, so... Mm, yeah, no, so well said. I mean, often when you, you know, you get what you pay for and, you know, I'm, I'm as guilty as the next person of trying to save a couple of bucks and it just depends on what it is, but it's making the wrong decision sometimes. It's like, oh, wow, I saved $2,000. I saved $5,000, but it added four months, five months to the project and ended up costing me 12 grand really when everything was said and done because we had to go back and fix it and I didn't do it the right way. You know, and that's a great tip about the paid traffic. That is easily that is easily one of the most important skills a business needs to master is how do I do paid advertising? Because, like I said, we're not we're not if you're not Elon Musk, you need to advertise. It's just it's been in books since like P.T. Barnum, I think it was, wrote a book back in the day about you know being successful in business, and one of the rules was advertise your business. Like that was just. You know, this is like a book from, I don't even know how old. I don't know if I can get it. P.T. Barnum, The Art of Money Getting, which I don't even know when this was published, but it was, it's chapter 16, Advertise Your Business. I mean, it's just such a fundamental and it's the differentiator. Otherwise, if you're dependent on Google traffic to make an update, you're gone. If you've got one or two people who refer you clients and the relationship goes on the rocks or there's something that happens to them, you're like, you're gone. But if you know that I have a process that I can meet people and put them through and sell them something and you've got lots of products as well because having more product can help you what's called your increase what's called your lifetime customer value I mean that it's just night and day to be able to pay to meet new people you have to find business is about solving problems for people so if I meet 10 people and I solve all 10 of those people's problems I don't have a business anymore unless I find more people 
to solve the problems for and find new problems to solve for those original 10 people. And that's what your focus needs to be on, on helping the people and being a hub, being part of a community, being the community that people go through. It's the, the money is not in cleaning the carpets. Right. You know, the money's not in, the money's not in writing the ebook. You know, the money is in getting the knowledge into that person's brain and having them like you guys are going to hear at the end of every interview, I get you guys to do to do lists and action lists and to delegate lists because the real value is turning it into action and getting results with it. So anyways, I digress. Ronnie, is there anything I haven't asked you that I should have asked you? I don't know. I think we covered quite a bit. I mean, we, we got into a lot of detail about a lot of different things. I think that, like you said, I mean, if you need to go back and, and re-listen to this and go through the notes and so on, I think that's the best place to start because there is a lot of action that, that we can take from this and just, just figuring out your secret sauce and the, the who, why, what, and, you know, really getting to know your, yourself and what you can delegate and outsource and, or, you know, leverage done for you content and, and tools and things like that. But yeah, I think we covered quite a bit. Perfect. Well, if anyone's listening to this and they're like, all right, I'm all over this PLR stuff. I at least want to investigate and take a look. Is there anything that you can send people to? Is there any like yeah. freebie they can do to take a, a walk or I don't know. What, what do you got? <laughs> for sure. Absolutely. So you can absolutely go to PLR.me and you'll, you'll see we've got some great training and resources on there including our ultimate weekly content schedule or um, if you want to get a sample pack or our starter kit, you'll get an article, affirmation, book, worksheet, graphics, and that you can check it out, but you can brand it as your own. We have an eight-part video series going through different ways of using the content. So that's one great place to check it out. The other thing is a, a webinar that we've done using one of our tools called the Auto Slide Deck that you mentioned. And what we did live in this webinar, we create a webinar in 15 minutes. And it's wow. pretty powerful stuff. I highly encourage you to go through it when, when we do that again. So I'll, I'll give you the, I guess the link there would be, I'll just, we'll, we'll set it up at plr.me slash Daryl. We'll set up that link. And perfect, and that'll be D A R Y L for the people listening, just because sometimes I get two R's or D A R R E L L, but yeah, so it'll be P L R dot M E slash D A R Y L exactly. And you know, you'll see exactly how we create a webinar in 15 minutes, it's really powerful stuff. We use a couple of secret weapons if you haven't figured it out by now, one of them is absolutely the done for you content. It's also using a, a top secret tool that we have for our members that turns basic text outline into a beautiful, stunning presentation with background images, with beautiful colors, with beautiful fonts, all automatically. So it's super powerful. And if you've never created a webinar before, or if you create webinars all the time and you want to take a, a huge shortcut, you're going to love seeing that training web. Mm-hmm. That's at Very cool. slash Daryl. Yep. Perfect. So yeah, so everyone listen to the call. I mean, you can go to plr.me, check out all their stuff. And then the webinar, I think, is at plr.me slash D-A-R-Y-L. Again, thank you to all the listeners for participating. This Again, this, this is a really good call and I don't know, maybe we're just, I'm just in love with it, but because I was very passionate in some parts, but there's probably going to be value in re-listening to this. You don't know what you don't know or what you may have missed. We covered some great stuff, some great challenges. There's some things that if we talked about as musts or even Ronnie's obstacles and milestones that he overcome, if you can see yourself as in between those paths and you already know what you need to get done. So go ahead and get that done. And of course, if you're interested in any of this, go check out plr.me. Ronnie, I just really appreciate you coming and sharing on here. You gave very candidly 
gay very freely, very openly. And I think there really are a few people on this call who this will be a complete game changer for them because it'll let them focus more time and energy on the drivers of their business growth and their business sustainability and just making sure that it's healthy and up and running versus being in the trenches, just writing the ebook themselves or, you know, trying to figure out, you know, a schedule to produce stuff, especially some of the people that are starting out. So I think it's just a huge win for everybody. And I just really thank you for your time today because I know you've got your own community you could be talking to. Oh, I'm pumped. Thank you so much for having me on. I love your energy and you know, I fed off your energy as well. It was awesome. And, and I just look forward to, you know, if anyone has any questions, feel free to reach out to me, Ron at PLR.me. I mean, yeah, Daryl, you rock, dude. I really appreciate you having me on. Thanks. You've reached the end of our interview. Now, first, let me thank you for listening. I appreciate and respect you more than you'll ever know. And now I'd like to ask you a couple of questions. First, what three lessons did you just learn? What three aha moments just jumped out at you? Second, what can you implement for yourself and your business in the next 24 hours? Third, what can you give to someone else to help you with or give to them to just do it for you? Whatever it is, remember taking action is the secret sauce to results. Now, if you think this interview would be helpful for a friend, please give them a link to it. It'll help them and it'll help me too. I'd also like to invite you to help me find out more about the challenges you're facing, your dreams, your goals, and how I can help you overcome what's holding you back. We both do better when we know better, and your success is my success. So please reach out and interact. You can visit our website, bestbusinesscoach.ca for Canada or California, where I'm from and where I'm living. You're welcome to also try out one of our paid programs. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and pretty much every other social media channel you can think of. You should also subscribe to the podcast. And if you're enjoying them, please leave us a nice review. It really helps. That's all for now. Once again, thank you. Take care of yourself. And remember, the world needs the best business you can build. And I believe in you.